He is our restorer. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Let's get into the word tonight. We're doing a series on the subject of restoration. And the word restore, R-E, is basically a prefix at the beginning of a word, which means once more, afresh. It also means to return to a previous state. You take the word, the letters re, repent. We know what repent means. Amen? That means to return. Turn and return to God. Revive. Restore. And so, when we talk about restoration, we're talking about God Glory to God, restoring people to their original condition. I believe that our God can make something better than it was before. The word restore also carries with it the thought to rebuild and to renew. One brother says it like this. It means to make better. It means to increase or to multiply. Anybody go for any multiplication in their lives? That is multiplication of good things. Amen? So we've been talking about this wonderful subject of restoration. We do know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that as we teach and preach and act upon this wonderful uh, ministry of restoration, I believe that the spirit of God is emphasizing that our faith will grow strong in it. I believe beyond any shadow of a doubt that restoration is in the air. These are not only times of refreshing, but I believe that we are in times of restoration. Amen? Amen. Jesus restores our soul, does he not? Psalms 23. And the Bible says in Jeremiah that he would restore health unto us and that he would heal us of every wound. Now that lines up with the Bible. Wounded for our transgression, he was. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with the stripes, thank God, we are healed. Amen? So, no matter what area of life you've been wounded in, there's wholeness for wounds. Amen? So, you just want to put yourself in a position just to receive that health. And just to receive that wholeness. You know, if you've been hurt, if you've been hurt, glory to God, He'll heal you of your hurts. Amen. He can lift you up out of a terrible past. He can restore you out of abuse. Amen. And He can make your life better than before and better than it's ever been. Because that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a great God. We serve a good God. And He is in this place tonight. And he's pouring forth his presence, he's pouring forth his glory, and he's pouring forth his grace right in our midst this evening. Everyone shout, Restore. Restore. Thank you, Lord. And last week we learned that God would even take the years that the enemy has stolen from us and he would restore it back to us. Hallelujah. And so take heart. Take heart. If you've had some rough years, guess what? Your life ain't over with yet. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe your latter years are going to be better than your former years. Somebody says, I sure hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm expecting God to do awesome things in our lives. I'm expecting God to do some awesome things in your life. Amen. Woo! That's the kind of God we serve. We serve a good God. We serve a big God. We serve a God of restoration. Amen. 
Somebody said, well, I've been like Job. But you know what? Job came out all right. The Lord blessed Job's latter end. And he had twice as more than before. Amen? And so I believe this, that even though the the locusts and the canker worm may have come in and destroyed, I believe that God can add years to your life. And he can add that harvest and that fruit that you didn't receive in yesteryear and in yesterdecade because I believe he's going to increase your life. Amen? Now tonight I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 42, if you would. And I want to look at verses 9. And we're going, to, we're going to take a look at some things concerning what the Lord said to the children of Israel. But how many of you know the Lord's speaking to us today too? Amen. And notice with me in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9. He said, now look, the former things have come to pass. And new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Praise to the Lord. Verse 13 now. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He'll cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. Promise of the Lord's help. Verse 14. I've held my peace a long time. I've been still and I've restrained myself. But now, I'll cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. And notice he says, now, listen up. Speaking to the children of Israel, but also speaking, I believe, to the body of Christ today. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't be deaf. And look, don't be blind. That you may see. You see, I believe that the Lord wants us to see and perceive and have great understanding of the times in which we are living in right now. We're living in the end of end times, times of restoration, and times of refreshing. And He doesn't want us to be dull spiritually. Because we don't want to miss anything that the Lord's doing. Amen. He'll cry out, yes, shout aloud. He'll prevail against His enemies. Promise of the Lord's help. I've held my peace for a long time. I've been still and restrained myself. Verse, verse 19. Actually, I went back. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf is my messenger whom I send? Who is blind is he who is perfect, and blind is the Lord's servant? Seen many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but you do not hear. Now, I want you to notice the context of what he's saying is this. He said, I am doing a new thing. And he says, before that I do them, he says, here's what I do. I will make a decree and I will declare what I'm about to do. Amen? Now, in Amos chapter 3, and let me just quote it to you in verse 7. It says, surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets Unto his servants, the prophets. And so as he was saying to the children of Israel, I'm doing a new thing. I believe he's saying to the church today, he's doing a new thing. He's bringing us into a season, a new season, a season of refreshing and a season of restoration. 
See, you can look in the Word of God and you can, you can discover and see what God wants to do. But how many of you know that it is important for us to verbally declare the decree and proclaim what God is doing and will do in our midst. Now notice in Job in chapter, well, let me just read it to you. He says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. How many of you know that is spiritual law? You know, just because we find something in the Word doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. But I believe that it can happen, and it will happen, as we all start to declare and make a decree. Because once we begin to decree this new thing that God is doing, and this new season that He's bringing us into, He will back it up, and He will confirm it with signs following. Amen. Now I want you to notice, in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19... Through 20, and then I want you to look with me at verse 22. And I'm going to come down here where I can see how good looking you are. Amen. Notice this. In Isaiah, in chapter 42 and verse 90, he says, Who is blind but my servant, or deaf is my messenger that I sent? Seeing many things, but you observe not, opening the ears, but you hear not. This is a people that has been robbed. Now notice verse 22. This is a people that has been robbed and spoiled. Verse 22 of Isaiah chapter 42. This is a people that has been robbed and spoiled or plundered. All of them are snared in holes and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers for plunder. And no one says, everyone say it. Restore. No one says what? Restore. God says, I want to do something so awesome for you children of Israel. But you've got to open your eyes, you've got to open your ears, and then you've got to start declaring, restore. Restore. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Restore. Yeah. How many of you got ears to hear tonight? How many have got eyes to see? Yes. Put your hand over your eyes right now and pray this with me. Lord God, Lord God. Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Father, of glory, Father of glory, give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of my heart be so flooded with light. Lord, what I see not, Help me to see where I've been deaf, what I need to hear. Help me to hear. I don't want to miss it, Lord. So I rise up and declare with my brothers and sisters. Let's say restore three times. Come on. Restore, restore, restore. Hallelujah. And so restoration then, it's not automatic. It's important that we decree and declare restoration. Charge the atmosphere of your life with restoration. As a dad, 
as a mom, as a husband, as a wife, charge the atmosphere of your home with words filled with faith concerning this new season, this time of refreshing, and this time of restoration. Restore. Amen? You see something that needs restoration in your life? Maybe it's a car. Lay hands on that car and say, restore. <laughs> or maybe it's a part of your body. You know, right now I'm having a little challenge with my shoulder. I declare it's healed in Jesus' name. And so I lay my hands on my shoulder and I say, restore, Lord. Make this shoulder better than before. Amen. Whatever needs restoration, speak restoration over it. If it's your pancreas, hey, you know God's got spare parts in heaven. Just put your hands on your pancreas. I think it's right here, right? And say, restore. Hallelujah. Make better than before. So charge the atmosphere with faith-filled words. Not words of doubt. Not words of fear. Not words of, what if? This doesn't happen. What are we going to do if this bill isn't paid? Where are we going to live if we're evicted? That is the wrong way to frame your world. Now, I want you to notice in Hebrews 11, verse 3, and this is a principle that we teach in this church quite often, but I want to remind you of it because it's real important. In 11, uh, 3 of Hebrews, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible, or which do appear. So we understand that God framed this universe by the words of his mouth. And he made it a mosambre de shtea. Thank God he made us in his image and his likeness. And he made you and I and gave us the ability and the privilege of being speaking spirits. To be able to see what God has said in his word, believe it in our heart, and then release it out of our mouth. And as we do, just like the Creator framed the worlds with the word of His mouth, we can frame the world in which we live. Come on. With words fresh from the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And so we see a principle here in, in 2 Kings. And I want you to look over there. And we'll begin in verse 1 of chapter 7. And... Uh, this is the, the lepers that were starving and they were uh, out there and there was no food and, and there was no water. And uh, in Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, it says, Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a she of flour shall be sold for a shekel, two she's of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, I want you to read verse 2 with me. This is not how to respond to the word of the Lord. Ready, read. Go ahead. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes. So evidently, that guy was charging his life with doubt and unbelief. But that's not us. In verse 3, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, 
Why are we just sitting here until we die? You know, they said, if we say we will enter the city, the famine's in the city, and we'll die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. If that doesn't get us, the leprosy will get us. So they said, now therefore come, let's surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we'll live. But if they kill us, well, we shall only die. And notice with me at verse, in verse 5, and they rose at twilight. You know, it's better to be doing something than to be doing nothing. They rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, how many was there? No one was there. Why? Well, the Lord reacted to their action. And the Lord will always react to the action of a man or a woman who will operate and live in his principles. For the Lord, now this is awesome. For the Lord caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said one to another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. God reacted to their action and they amplified their footsteps. Hallelujah. Sounds to me like God's about to restore some things. Sounds to me like God is moving on the behalf of some lepers. You know our God's interested in everybody. So they fled. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into the tent. They ate and drank. They carried from it silver, gold, and clothing. They went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some of there also. And they went and hid it. (laughs) Why sit here until we die? Why don't we just rise up and do something in this day and this hour? Why don't we just be as a church great doers of the word of God? Amen. Why not see another couple hundred saved this weekend? Why sit there in your situation with life's circumstances burdening you down and heaving you out? Why don't you rise up? Why don't you rise up and take your health back? Why don't you rise up and take your joy back? I know I'm preaching okay right now. Yeah, but I'm so worried and so fearful. Rise up, resist the devil, and go get your peace back. God can amplify some things for you. Hallelujah. They said, we're not just going to accept defeat anymore. And then they came to themselves. You know what? In verse 9, he said, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning, light and punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp. I went to the enemy's camep and I I Well, that's pretty good. Not too bad. In other words, 
We're so blessed. We got all this stuff. We just can't keep it to ourselves. And that's when restoration gets real fun. When you experience and you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good and you know how he's come through for you time and time again, and then you can be an instrument of his love and his restoring power to other people. Amen. I said amen. Amen. So we could say that these guys got all they needed plus. But it started with a decision. And it started with their words. And it was followed through by their actions. Say this with me. My words words set restoration restoration in motion. motion. I mean, my prayer for me and all of us in this church is that we get so restoration-minded that we get up in the morning and we declare it every day. That we get so favor-minded that we get up and declare that God's favor is up on all of us every day of our lives. That we get so glory-minded that we declare, you know what, the whole earth is being filled with the glory of God. You know, when the whole earth is being filled with the glory of God, it's going to get the attention of people outside of the covenant. And lives are going to be changed. And people are going to be restored by the power of God. What do you say, let's take back some stuff? And one thing we need to do is we need to remove, can he do it? From our vocabulary. Will he do it? The answer is, yes, he can. And yes, he will. But can he do it for you? Can he do it for you? Will he do it for you? See, that's your decision. Because you know it's his will. And so you cooperate with his will, knowing that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can dare ask or think. But it is in direct proportion to the power of God that is at work in you. It is in direct proportion to the faith that God has placed on the inside of you. So we need to take the limits off of God. We know that he's limitless. But the way that we take the limits off of God is we remove all that doubt, all that darkness, and all that unbelief. And we declare... That God is doing great things. Now, I saw some things today as I was doing some things and just kind of listening to the Lord and went for a ride today and did some other things. And and, uh, the Lord began to, to minister to me something I believe that's important for all of us tonight. And that is this thought. That before anything happens outwardly, Something needs to take place inwardly. Inwardly. And we're going to work with this for just a moment. I want to look at Romans chapter 12. And and notice verse 1 and 2. And I want to look at that in in the message translation. Father, thank you for giving me utterance tonight. To speak a word in season. To speak a word of encouragement a word of information and instruction. Lord, I pray that you give revelation tonight to all of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Now, as we look at uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 in the Amplified, he says, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Now notice verse 2. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Say this with me. I will be changed from the inside out. Let's keep that up there for a moment. It goes on to say, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed uh, well, well maturity where? In you. Now, let's work with this phrase here. You will be changed from where? Inside. From the inside out. You and I are inside out people. What do I mean by that? How many of you know that the culture and the way most of us grew up, I want to say probably all of us grew up, we were trained to live from the outside in. Were we not? We were always looking outside for our needs to be met. Looking outside, looking to maybe medical science or maybe looking to a loan or a credit card or to a job. Looking outside. Come on. Because we were trained in that kind of system. The world system is not inside out. The kingdom of God is inside out. The world system is outside in. You and I, we are kingdom people. We are covenant people. And God's kingdom is an inside-out kingdom. You are not a body. You have a body. You are not a mind. You have a mind. You are a spirit created in the image and likeness of God. And you will notice that people that are more body conscious than they are spirit conscious will quote 1 Thessalonians 5.23 backwards. They'll say, may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole body, your soul and spirit be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not the progression that God delineates for us in his word. He says, your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless until he returns. I submit to you tonight that healing starts on the inside. I submit to you tonight that prosperity starts on the inside. I'll even say this. I believe with all of my heart that supernatural relationships and a godly marriage starts on the inside. And that's why a lot of people get in trouble because they're too busy looking at the outside. For something that will satisfy their outside. And they never take time to look at the inside. Uh-huh. Smokey Robinson had it right. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
inside. You've heard this phrase for years, become God inside minded. Become word of God in you minded. Now, let's look at this from Mark chapter 4. This, this relates to restoration. In Mark chapter 4, and notice with me in verse 26 to 29. And he said, the kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed, where? On the ground. Now, the context of Mark chapter 4 is the sower sows the word. So the subject of this parable of the sower sows the word, the subject is the seed, which is the word of God. Amen? And he says, here's what the kingdom of God is like. It is if a man... Now wait, don't move too fast. Let's stay back there. Verse 25. The kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground. The word is the seed. The ground is the heart of a man. Yeah. Right? right? You notice in Mark chapter 4, he talks about all the different types of grounds there were. Right. Yep. He said, the kingdom of God is if a man should take the word of God and put it in his heart. In other words, get the word in the ground of your heart inside. Now notice the next verse, verse 27. And should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. After that, what? How many of you are looking forward to the full grain, the fully restored grain in the head? Come on, somebody. Verse 29. You ready to shout? But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because what? In other words, the harvest showed up on the outside, but the harvest didn't come immediately. It had to go through the process of the kingdom on the inside. 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 Now look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. This works in the area of healing as well. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 22, he says, My son, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, focus on what my word says to you. Verse 22. For they are life to those that find them. And what? Health to all their flesh. Notice he said this. Keep my words... Attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. And he said, keep them where? Keep them where? In the midst of your heart. For he says, my words are life to those that find them. And then my words spring forth health to all your flesh. I submit to you to take time sowing God's word Concerning divine healing daily and put it in your heart. Put it in your heart. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. And it shall be health to all your flesh. Isn't that another way of saying that God will restore health unto you? 
And so what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is allow the word and allow this message of restoration get big on the inside of you. Make the quality decision that you are not going to let the world dictate to you what your outcome is going to be. I believe this, that our outcome, hallelujah, is mapped out by God himself. And I know that our future is bright. I said, I know our future is bright. Look over at Jeremiah chapter 29. Notice with me in verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Think big. Speak big. Declare big. We serve a big God. Let's not limit him. I love this. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I believe he's thinking thoughts of restoration toward us. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of worry and anxiety and a lot of evil. Now, what kind of thoughts does God think toward me and you? Thoughts of peace. Thoughts of shalom. And not of evil. I mean, that one verse, along with John 10.10, ought to tell us something, that God's a good God. It's not God who comes to steal, to kill, destroy. It's the devil. So God is thinking thoughts of peace and not of evil toward us. For what? To give you a future and a hope. When I say that your future is bright, I'm saying that in accordance to the word of God because that's all that God sees about you. God sees your future and he sees that your future is bright. So what we need to do then is cooperate with his plan for our lives and come into alignment with the principles that he's so wonderfully shown us in his word on how that we can come into that place, hallelujah, of peace and that glorious future and that awesome hope that he has for all of us. Amen. Now, I want you to look at Romans 8.37 and I want to notice this in the, uh, in the message translation. Romans 8.37 It says, none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. Let's look back at verse 31 is what I meant to say. Romans 8, 31. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? You can't lose because you're on the winning side. Amen. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want to look at the Amplified Version. Bright future. Bright future. Days of heaven on earth. Restore. Thank God for restoration. Thank God for restoration. Ephesians chapter um, 2 and verse 10 in the Amplified. If we could look at that, please. Thank you. 
Ephesians, the second chapter and the tenth verse. I want you to read this with me. Ready, read. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I want to close tonight with this awesome truth of the children of Israel. You know, they were in Egyptian bondage. How many years was it? Was it 40 or 430? It was 430 years. And you know, old Pharaoh... He just didn't want to let them go. And so he raised up a restorer, didn't he? He raised up a guy by the name of Moses. And how many of you know Moses wasn't all that crazy about going before Pharaoh? He said, well, okay, but who in the world am I going to tell him sent me? God says, you tell him I am. You tell Pharaoh, I am sent me. And so he goes before Pharaoh, and of course Pharaoh was just too stupid to understand that God was going to have his way. And no matter what Pharaoh had to say, it's going to go God's way. And the Pharaohs of life today are lying. They want to keep people in Egyptian bondage. But we've been delivered from the power of darkness. And we've been brought over into the kingdom of God. But Pharaoh, you know, he was just kind of stupid. You know, there were frogs that came on the land. I mean, they were overtaken with frogs. Can you imagine? Frogs in your bed. Frogs in the pantry. Frogs in the toilet. I mean, frogs all over the place. And Pharaoh goes before Moses. He said, Moses, Moses, talk to the Lord. Talk to the great I am. Tell me to get these frogs out of here. And Moses said, well, when? He says, ask him tomorrow. In other words, Pharaoh was saying, just one more night with the frogs, please. He could have been free from all of that. And yet he said, do it tomorrow. So all these plagues. Don't you know that the children of Israel had been ripped off for years? Just ripped off? I'm telling you, the hand of God is upon the nation of Israel. His people will be restored. And I believe that his people will have the opportunity to meet the true Messiah. Come on, somebody. That nation has been abused. That nation has gone through the Holocaust. That nation today is still a target of all of those countries around it. And you know what it's all about? It's all about the great resources that the nation of Israel has. And do you know why that the nation of Israel has such great resources? Because they serve such a great God. I said they serve such a great God. 
most of the fruits and vegetables in Europe come from the nation of Israel. They say that there is more oil in the nation of Israel than there is in Egypt and Saudi Arabia. You know why Russia is going to come down into that nation and try to take it out? You know what the hook in the jaw is of Ezekiel 38? It's oil. It's like a fish. Going to draw them right in. Big mistake on their part. But it is biblical. Listen, God will restore. And I'll say this right now. He is restoring. And I'm going to prophesy over this nation that God will restore this nation to a place of nationwide revival. I'm telling you, God's going to restore this nation to nationwide revival. And the revival's not going to come out of a denomination. It's not going to come out of some hotshot evangelist. It's going to come from the glory and from the presence of God. And there's going to be an invasion of heaven on earth very soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to be surprised at the people in these last days that are going to turn to the Lord. People that you've never, ever thought would turn to the Lord. God's power is going to be cranked up. And His presence is going to be so cranked up. And His goodness is going to be so cranked up that the goodness of God, the glory of God, and the presence of God is going to lead people to repentance. We've tasted a little bit of it. We've tasted of days of heaven on earth in a measure. I've seen what God did in the charismatic movement. I am a product of the charismatic movement. If you were to look at me... In 1970, you would shake your head and say, no way. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Come on, only Jesus. You're going to see people in the political area, they're going to turn to Christ. You're going to see people that are Hollywood through and through right now, they're going to turn to Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to, we're going to see it with our eyes. There's going to be such a deluge of God's grace and presence in this nation. Thank you, Lord. We believe it. Somebody said, well, they've been saying that for years. Well, we're going to keep declaring it. We're going to keep, keep decreeing it, and we're going to keep praying about it. And you know what? It's happening. I said it's happening. You don't always hear about it, but it is happening. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know all the details about it, but I know Robin Williams committed suicide just a while ago. But I also know that Ray Wilson, Ray Jean, who is famous for singing Blood Bought Church, knew a man that witnessed to him. And supposedly he had given his heart to the Lord. Somebody said, how could a person commit suicide and go to heaven? Well, how could a person die of cancer and go to heaven? Did you know that you can be sick in your head like you can be sick in your stomach? Now, I'm not advocating suicide. 
I believe it comes from the pit of hell. And we need to take our dominion over it. Amen? Amen. And so, I believe he's in the hands of a just God. I don't know all about that. I heard Frank Sinatra got saved. John Wayne got saved. Hallelujah! John Wayne. I'm, to, I'm prophesying that this nation is going to experience restoration. God's not finished with the USA yet. Amen? Hallelujah! And in these days, right now, in which we're living, notable miracles. Notable miracles. Miracles that will literally change whole families. Grandpa gets healed of cancer, all 50 of the relatives come in. It's a harvest tool. Amen. It's a harvest tool. It's already happening. It's just going to happen in greater degrees. Greater degrees. Why is that? Because we're moving up. Not like George Jefferson. We're moving up. We're going from glory to glory. We're going from grace to grace. Everyone say restoration. Notable miracles. The USA. Experiencing restoration. You know, I'd a whole lot rather believe that than talk about everybody going to hell in a handbasket. I'd a whole rather talk about the goodness of God than t- telling people to go get tribulation food because, you know, you better find a cave real quick because tribulation times are coming. Look at Exodus chapter 12. We'll finish here, 35 to 36. Exodus 12. They stole 430 years from them. Exodus chapter 32, verse 35 and 36. The Israelites did according to the word of Moses, and they urgently asked of the Egyptians. Is it 12 or is it 32? It's chapter 12, verse 35 and 36. Did I say it wrong? Okay, let me read my notes. Okay. And I'm going to read from the New King James, but you can keep the Amplified. It says, Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus... They plundered the Egyptians. <laughs> In other words, they stripped the Egyptians of those things. Does that sound like restoration to you? I mean, they went out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribe. Whew! They were in bondage, but they had been set free. And before they left, they plundered the Egyptians. They stripped those dudes clean. And I got a word for you. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Let's get all the sinners we can saved. But if they ain't going to get saved, I'm prophesying a financial transfer into the body of Christ. Let's all stand up and say restore three times. Glory to God. Restore. Thank you, Father. Let's pray for our nation right now as before we go. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, sir, for rain. Great rain. Great rain. We prophesy there's a flood coming. 
There's a flood coming to the USA. Not a flood of destruction, but a flood of blessing. A flood of favor, a flood of glory. Lord, we ask for rain right here in Hayward. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Lord, we ask that you would restore, restore this nation to the foundations on which it was founded upon. Restore this country to godly foundations. Masomondele Bradesh. Lord, it cannot be done by the arm of the flesh. It cannot be done by a group of people. But it's done as the people of God lift their voice. Lift their voice up toward heaven. Oh, Father, we ask for this country, a country-wide revival and presence tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. So we learned a lot tonight. We learned that we're to, we're to declare the decree. Tomorrow morning you wake up, just say restore. If you've been prone to have migraine headaches, just put your hand on your head in the morning and say restore. Hallelujah. Amen.